You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Stocks and Sandals podcast. It is a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. This is your host, Mike Sabala, joined once again by DJ Brown, the OG Stock Dad. How you doing, buddy? I am doing well. How are you today? I'm excited. We've got yeah. a, a special someone here with us this time. We do. So uh, today we have uh, my buddy Aaron Maybon, who is a financial advisor uh, and uh, owns his own investment firm down in Georgia uh, called True North Investments. Um, And I'm just going to kind of pass it off to Aaron to do a little more introduction of himself and tell us a little bit more about why he's here. Well, uh, thank you, DJ Um, and Mike. Uh, Appreciate y'all having me on. yeah, so uh, as DJ said, I'm from uh, from Georgia. Uh, I, we've, we've got an office down in LaGrange, Georgia, which is about halfway between Columbus, Georgia, which is where Fort Benning is, and Atlanta. Um, and so we're kind of smack in the middle. Um, and um, anyway, I uh, grew up in the area, moved away for a few years after, after college at Mercer University, and then uh, quit a, a job that paid money in 2008, and said, hey, you know what? I need to move back to Georgia without a job. And somehow I landed at a financial firm. And uh, anyway, about four years ago this August, um, I left and uh, started my own firm with a colleague of mine, a, my business partner, Summer Deal. Um, and uh, we own True North Investments. So uh, uh, it's been going really well since and enjoyed uh, the opportunity to, to be a business owner. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's super cool. I got to tell you, I think it's super brave uh, to just uh, up and leave a job and go start something new. It's quite the, uh, you know, quite the ballsy move by you, sir. So props to you. And also, I do want to um, just take a second to recognize that uh, super sexy Southern accent. I do miss that. <laughs> I, grew <up> in the, <laughs> I grew up in the South, so I used to have one of those myself, but I moved away uh, and lost it. So it's really nice to hear that. It's kind of a, sounds like home to me. Oh. Um <laughs> <laughs> thank you but, uh, so, yeah thank you yeah thanks for joining us Aaron and um while ahead. we're on that uh topic really quick it's kind of a fun story that's off topic can I go ahead oh. and share please please do <laughs> already off topic um wow this is gonna go really well tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Aaron this is we're, we're pretty new to this um we recorded our first episode a few days ago and we listened to it and DJ and I both hate how we sound a lot. Um, so, you know, just a heads up, if, you, if you've ever heard yourself recorded like this or anything, um, maybe we can send it to you first and you can, you know. Wallow in the pity of the sound of your own voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The nice part is you're definitely not going to sound worse than dj so <laughs> well well I, I don't know i don't know about that mike because uh you know i 
thinking about this episode of y'all having me on, I was, you know, like, I was like, am I nervous? And I was like, actually, I'm nervous about how I'm going to sound like I'm oh, no. <laughs> stupid. So, you know, being, Southerners always have, you know, a bad uh, rap of being dumb. So I don't know about, you know, diversifying <laughs> your money, if that sounds real, real bad from an investment guy from the South. So anyway, don't, don't feel, you're in, you're, you're in good company, Mike. Uh it rolls off the tongue to me. It's I, I love the sound of it. So, um, but yeah, no, that's a good point, Mike. I definitely never realized how much I hated the way that my voice sounded until I heard it. Um, so yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like I'm talking to like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, it sounds like I'm talking to Eeyore. So you can shove it. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get on track here because this is going to take all night if we don't. Um, I'm sure our listeners love to hear all this, but let's also get to some valuable stuff here. But um, actually, before I do, you know, since this is a dad podcast, uh, except for Mike, who's a total fraud and is not a dad, we've discussed that on our first episode as well. Um, but yep. I hear you're a dad now, Aaron. Yes, I've got two children, uh, Harper, uh, who's four. She just started pre-K uh, last week. And I've got a nine-month-old son, Luke, who uh, just started crawling. And now I have to pay attention again. So <laughs> He's mobile. He's mobile. <laughs> it's, it's, a ball, it's a game changer for, you know, it is. So. Yeah. So another fun little quick backstory before we get into this value. We're, getting, we're not getting anything done tonight, no. I don't think, guys. <laughs> Uh, but just uh, another quick backstory. Um, my dad actually babysat Aaron. Actually, my parents babysat Aaron when he was a kid. Is that's a fun story, Ooh. right? It is a fun story. Yeah, and I'm still alive. You know, which, yeah, which, 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 yeah. The best part. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we talked about my dad on the last episode and how he is the probably the epitome of dad, uh, and he's about every stereotype and uh, goober and all that kind of stuff. You know, but. So the fact that you were babysat by him and are still here to talk about it is, you know, that's like an accomplishment all in and of yeah, itself. Yeah, that's so. shocking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So let's get on topic. All right. So today we're going to be talking to Aaron about uh, setting goals. So when I first approached Aaron about doing this episode, well, doing any episode really with him and just kind of getting him involved, um, you know, I'd started to pick his brain because, well, he's the expert and I'm, again, Mike and I are not. Um, so we kind of wanted to just kind of get an idea of if he was talking to, you know, a client or a customer or whatever, uh, and start, that was starting from basically ground zero of knowledge and not really knowing, um, you know, what they were doing, how to get involved, uh, all that kind of stuff. Where would he start? And Aaron, you know, very wisely suggested, well, I mean, before we can really do anything of value, we need to make sure that we understand what our goals are. So um, with that said, I mean, I, I just kind of want to pass it over to Aaron. I mean, what are your thoughts on goal setting? Like what, what is a goal to you? What does that mean to you? And you know, how do you define it? Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of people use like the definition of, uh, you know, a goal is a, a dream with a, with a time, a time bound, right? And so um, I, I think that's usually a great place to start with, with any goal, like in life is, you know, you, you think about, you dream about what you want to accomplish and then you put some steps in place to help you reach, you know, whatever that is. And so, um, for me, when we start talking about financial goals, they're usually time bound. Um, you know, if that's retirement or college, uh, savings for children or, um, you know, I want to get the house paid off, et cetera. You, you kind of have a, a goal and when, 
of when you want that to be done. So it's a timeline. Um, and then you just start working the numbers backward. And, and I think it's a, a great opportunity to, uh, for people to dream about what it could be. Um, and, and I think it should be a fun process where we're saying, hey, this is exciting. Um, what, you know, hey, could I be able to retire early or not? Uh, could I travel the world? Um, but until you kind of know what you're shooting for, um, then it's, it's really difficult to, to kind of put together a plan. So for me, it's, it's, it's thinking about a dream and putting a timeline on it. Awesome. So what would you say are some of like the tangible benefits of setting goals? Like what do you get when you set a goal? So actually I came across a statistic the other day that might be useful to your listeners. So, um, depending on what timeline you're looking at, but usually the, uh, a lot of times you'll see the average savings rate nationally is about 5%. Um, however, if people have a financial plan, uh, that number jumps to 10%, about 10% of their income is what they're saving on a monthly basis. And so quickly you can see, um, the, the power in that. Uh, and I think that's for, for a few reasons. Um, I mean, one is you're intentional about what you're looking to do. Um, and then I, I think just, uh, knowing that you're working toward a specific something instead of, well, I just need to put money back, uh, kind of motivates people many times to take it a little bit more seriously and, and investigate a little bit better. So um, you get better outcomes by, by setting goals and, and you have something that you can track to see if are you behind or ahead of kind of where you're looking to go. Because if, if you don't have a, um, a goal, then, you know, uh, I think many times you, you don't even know what you're shooting for to know if you're on track or not. Yeah. So what would you say, um, what's a good time frame on goals? DJ and me, and I imagine like a lot of the people that are going to be listening to our podcast, we're just getting into like investing and in, into the stock market and stuff. So I think we don't really even have a good idea of what is a realistic time frame or how far out we should be looking for these goals. Um, can you just speak on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, like if I were talking to a, a prospect, for example, I mean, there, to me, I think it's like a three-step process, right? So like if, if you sat down with someone like myself, I think the first thing that people need to do is figure out like some, some form of a budget, right? So I've got money coming in, money going out. Do I have any extra? And if so, how much and actually tracking it, because you may be spending a hundred dollars a month on lattes and maybe that's what you want to do, but maybe it's not right. And so um, until you kind of have an, an idea of where that money's going, you know, your, your income is your most powerful wealth building tool. And so, you know, we have to save so we can invest. Right. So if we're not doing a good job budgeting, then we're not going to even be able to do the next step, which is, you know, investing in, 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 in anything. Um, and so I think that's the first step. And then second that kind of goes with that is, is getting in a position to get out of debt, right? So if you've got a credit card debt and that type of thing, I, I would say that you probably are not in a position that you should be investing yet because you need to take care of some of those things first, right? Um, and, and then the third, of course, is, is the investing part. So to answer your question, uh, Mike, if, if you'd gotten to the, through the other two, right? So you know you've got some money at the end of every month and, you're, and, you've, and you've gotten out of debt and, or in a better place. And you're like, okay, now what? Um, which those two, two things can be first goals, right? Before you get third. But sure. um, 
but then it just comes down to what, what can you put away a month? Maybe that's the first goal is, and, and it can be arbitrary, $100 a month. I mean, I, I see a lot of people in their, in their early to mid-20s that say, Aaron, I can only put back 50 bucks a month. I'm like, start there. And then, you know, three, six, nine months from now, maybe it's 75 a month and then 100 a month. But it's, it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's, it's making, again, an intentional decisions, right? And so t- to your point, I think it just kind of depends on where you are as an investor. Maybe a, as you start, it's how do I find extra money at the end of the month? Maybe that's the first step. Um, and, then, and then maybe it's how do I get to $100 a month? And then how do I get to even more than that? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely one way to do it. I mean, when we talk retirement planning for a client, it would be, you know, what do you, what do you need to live on as, for example, today? And then we say, okay, and what time would you love to retire? Let's say 65. Great. Okay. And then, you know, how do we make those numbers work? What amount of money do you need later to support your lifestyle today? And, and that, you know, and that's kind of where the goal comes from. So it's a longer term goal or, you know, um, it's college planning. So it's, it's a little bit more time bound, right? If you have a four-year-old and they're going to college at 18, your goal is 14 years. And so some of those are kind of predetermined, if you will, but uh, some of them, some of them are a little, um, a little up in the air. So you mentioned, you know, retirement age and looking down the road, um, you know, Mike and I are, and you really, I mean, we're all pretty, you know, still young bucks, you know, in the, in the game, I guess, maybe we don't feel that way all the time, but you know, we're, I'm 29, Mike's 29, you know, Aaron, how old are you now? 38. 38. Yeah. So, I mean, we're all still well within our prime, you know, Um, but how does your age, I guess, or does it impact how you set goals? And as far as like when you set goals based on age, like, okay, you, if we're talking retirement, does that age really affect like the types of investments that you make, whether you are more aggressive or more conservative and kind of like, you know, how does that work? Yeah. So I think it's an excellent question. So a couple things. things. Um, one is generally speaking, um, if you ask uh, a younger person or an older person, on average, the younger person is going to be typically willing to be more aggressive, right? Because they have longer time to recover if, if there was a, a bad market situation, that type of thing. Um, but that's not always. It, of course, it depends on the individual. Some people are just more risk averse, generally speaking. Um, and so um, age, uh, from that perspective, definitely um can impact um, some goals, right? So um, what you're willing to consider in your 30s might be different than your 50s. Um, Now, you know, one of the things that um, I think is a a pretty good rule of thumb, and and maybe you all have seen this before, but, um, and this isn't a hard, fast rule, but but sometimes people like to think as a framework, you know, at, at age 30, I should have saved, um, or, or put back in investments about one times my salary. And then that, that um, goes up every five years. So at 35, it's two times your salary, by 40, three times your salary, et cetera. And so as a quick back of the envelope uh, calculation, uh, that's, that's a good start of kind of like, you know, am I on track? Am I behind? And uh, does that apply to me? Right. So that, that might that might work for, as a rule of thumb for you uh, or someone else. It might not. Um, quick example, 
uh, my, my wife's a teacher and she has, she will have uh, a teacher's retirement. And so it's a pension. Um, and so she may not need those exact goals if it, you know, if she wasn't married to me, um, that someone else might because of the pension. Right. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, uh, but again, um, you know, from an age perspective, you know, of course, yeah, usually younger, you're going to look to, to be a little bit more aggressive, gives you time for your money to grow. And, and that's really the most important thing to me is time is, um, the longer your money can, you know, compound, uh, that's better, you know, starting at 20 is better than 30, you know, uh, starting at 30 is better than 40. So one right. thing. So hold, hold on, Mike. Before I go off this train of this train of thought, so the the whole age factor, right? So let's say some of our listeners are older, right, nearing retirement age, but maybe they're just now starting to get involved in investing. Maybe they've just never gotten around to it, never learned about it. You know, this is new to them, and they're you know nearing an age that they would ideally like to retire. You know, as far as being able to kind of make up time, right? Because you said that time is the most important thing in a market, right? And the longer you can compound, the better. You know, what what would you say to somebody who may not have time on their side? And, you know, would you adjust, I guess, the, you know, the way that you would advise them to kind of attack it? Because, I mean, if I guess if they're too conservative, right? I mean, they're probably going to have, less, you know, um, dramatic gains over a short amount of time. But then again, their money's more protected, right? But, you know, if they're too aggressive at the wrong time, then they can lose everything. So I guess how would you balance or how would you talk to somebody who may not have time on their side? That, that's a that's a great question because that is, is for, for some a reality. And uh, I've definitely come across those people. So it's, I think it's a couple things. One is, are they willing to take on a little bit more risk than we would normally um, think would, would be maybe appropriate for someone of that age? Um, and so that's a conversation um, because it really comes down to three things to me. Um, number one is how much you're willing to put back uh, for investing. Number two, how aggressive are you going to be? And number three, uh, when do you want to retire? And, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's those three things. So if you're not willing to be more aggressive, and you're not going to put more money back or you're not able to, you've got to push back your retirement date. If you're saying, uh, I want to keep my retirement date the same, then you've got to take on more risk or you've, you've got to put more, more money back. And so, you know, it, it's that balance. And that's really what a, a one-on-one conversation with someone like myself can, can give that person is let's, let's, let's look at that. Right. Um, and um, I would say the biggest thing that, that I see from people is, the unwillingness to change their retirement date. You know, they've, they've decided in their mind for whatever reason that at age 60, 62, 65, whatever, I'm retiring. And um, that's all well and good if you're able to. But unfortunately, sometimes that's not the case. And, and being willing to, you know, will I take on a part-time job? Uh, will, I, will I push that back a couple of years? Does that change the numbers, that type of thing? So kind of going off that, I think, especially with retirement, it's something that we look forward to for so long. I mean, right now, like I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm probably going to retire around 65 ish. Um, 
So if I haven't planned well enough to retire at that stage, it's going to be really hard for me to want to change that date. So I guess like what are some good ways that we can be identifying early now if we're on track and if we need to like pivot or adjust a goal in some way? Yeah, no. uh, So I I think to me, this is where people, especially, you know, the younger you are, the more you can do this, but this is kind of where, where a person can dream about what, what does retirement or the future look like? So uh, I met with someone the other day and they don't, they don't make a lot of money. We got, uh, it's a couple, a teacher, um, and, um, and, a, and, a, and a fireman, uh, they, uh, <laughs> they have twin, uh, 18 month old girls, uh, and, uh, and a five year old. And, um, and so, um, their picture of, of what retirement might look like, uh, is a little different. Um, and so our conversation was, they, they basically said, look, retirement for us, a successful retirement is not owing anybody and being able to go on a, on a family trip every once in a while. That's a lot different than someone that says, I want to travel the world every year. Right. And so, um, uh, to answer your question, I think it's just, um, you know, thinking about, what the future looks like for you and you're comfortable with. Maybe it's a specific lifestyle or maybe it's just something as simple as, look, I want to retire. And and once I'm debt free and I have extra money coming in that I can eat, then like I'm done, you know, whatever age that is. And so um, I don't think it has to look the same for everyone. I just think that everyone should consider what they want it to be and then figure out how to get there. So, can you give us some examples like, all right, you know, Mike and I are both 29, right? We both have, you know, like money set aside. I'm, I'm just talking in a hypothetical situation here, right? Let's just give you a scenario, okay? So let's say we both have money set aside, which I hope we both do. And we both have, you know, a little nest egg. We both have uh, our budget, you know, set up already. Um, and, you know, now we're starting to get into... Uh, trading stocks and, you know, getting into the market and all that kind of stuff for for fun right now and to learn and to understand it better and stuff like that. But can you give us an example of like what some goals might look like for somebody like us? Let's just use me an example. Let's say I want to, you know, I want to retire by age 60. Okay. I want to retire when I'm 60. And I mean, I'm I'm ready to rock. I've done all the stuff. I got no debt, you know, or no bad debt, right? I only have the, you know, the usual, um, you know, mortgage and stuff like that, right? But um, no bad debt, have some savings. What might some goals be that you would help me to, you know, set up for myself? Sure. Yeah. So um, one of the things that you'll you'll see a lot of literature talk about is um, it used to be called the five percent rule, um, but uh, now many people stick to the four percent rule. So, very simply, it says uh, what what pool of money do you need uh, set back um, to be able to to withdraw um, four or five percent from that um, to live on in retirement and have a good chance that you won't run out of money. Okay. So let's just go with 4%. So you just take your income just, down. Hold on. Is this, is yeah, this 4% month? Is this month 4% monthly? 4% annually? Yep, I'm sorry. What's that yep. timeline? And, and, and yep, exactly. Annually. Yep. 
Okay. Um, so so uh, a simple calculation is 25 times your income, right? Um, so let's just say you were, you were doing a good job. You're making hundred grand a year. So if you had 2.5 million or 25 times that number, you're, you would be able to take 4% of that a year, which would give you about a hundred thousand dollars. So that isn't the necessarily the end all be all, but that's a quick idea of kind of the number you're shooting for. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, how do you get to that, that number? So, um, to, to, to answer the question about kind of where to start, I mean, I think a, a great starting point is 10% of your income. If you're able to put 10% back um, in, you know, whatever level of, of risk you're willing to take is an excellent starting point. And then um, I think, Mike, going back to a, a question you had about pivoting, um, you know, from a goal, I think that's where you would want to, um, to see how you're tracking on that line of, um, is that goal realistic for you in your situation? Um, maybe you don't need that, that level of, in, of income uh, at retirement. Maybe you can live more frugally, or maybe you want to do all the traveling that you never have been able to do. So maybe you need a little bit more than that. But I do think that's kind of a, a quick, you know, uh, rule of thumb long-term and then more in the short term. I definitely think 10% of your income is a great starting point. Okay. Um this might be kind of backing up a little bit in kind of maybe even prior, well, not prior, but with the goal setting stage, like that first stage, um, you said the second stage was, um, shoot, I just lost it. Can, can you remind me? <laughs> Talking about like budgeting and debt. Yeah. Investing? Yeah. Yeah. So um, say for example, you, you don't have the income to invest as much as you want right now. And you have some debt that you want to pay off. Like at what point would you hold off on maybe investing in something and trying to pay off some debt first or, you know, trying to do both? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, I mean, there are many people that would say, oh, well, if you make 10% of the market, why would you be in a hurry to pay off debt that was under that because you can make more than that in the market, right? That, I've heard people say that. And I mean, I guess mathematically that, that, that could be correct, um, but I do think there's an emotional aspect to this. Um, so if, if someone has debt and, and they made a, a deal with themselves that I'm not going to invest until I get this done, um, you know, as in done, the, getting the debt paid for then um, they're going to be a little bit more emotionally um, committed to getting it done, to making some sacrifices in the short terms to allow them to invest. Um, because I think sometimes people can get distracted um, about trying to do two things at once. Um, so I think a great framework, Mike, to answer your question is, uh, I actually had this conversation with um, some fraternity brother of mine and his wife recently. They've got uh, a lot of student loan debt from, um, she recently got her doctorate. He's got a master's degree and, um, uh, you know, their interest rates are somewhere between four and, and six and a half percent, um, depending on the, on the loan. And they're like, Hey, we feel like we're behind investing. And I said, well, remember this, any, any debt you pay off is a guaranteed rate of return that you're not paying an in interest. Right. 
So like if, if you have a, uh, a loan at, let's just say 7%, if you pay that off, you're at least getting a rate of return of 7% because now you're not paying 7% interest. So I think, I think sometimes um, we want to skip to the investing part because for many, like, I'm sure like the two of you, it's, it's fun. It, it's something that you know, we can learn about and we can make money. Uh, but but by the same time, debt takes from you, and if you can eliminate that interest rate, um, then you are actually making that money because you're not paying it out. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's helpful because I think a lot of people, especially like from our stock dads community, um, it seems like they're kind of around our age, like twenties to thirties. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of us kind of fall into that bucket. Right. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So, you know, you talk about the 10% being like a good starting goal, like every year to try and, you know, save 10%. Uh, and do you, I mean, is this in your 401k? Uh, if you have one, is this an IRA? Does it matter? Is it any way that you can, can do it? I mean, what do you recommend? And like, as far as kind of like a, you know, how do you recommend for somebody, again, you know, youngish, you know, how do you recommend kind of maybe a diversification delineation? Like, how do you recommend the split be for stocks and bonds or ETFs and mutual funds and all that kind of stuff? Like, what, what would your, I guess, you know, blanket, I know you probably can't give a blanket recommendation because everybody's different, like you said, but I guess, you know, to cover more people than not, you know, what, what, what would that look like for somebody that's our age and similar situations? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I would start with the investment vehicles, like the, the structures. So like you mentioned 401ks, IRAs. So I think for younger people, um, if your company offers a retirement plan, like a 401k and a match, you absolutely have got to get the match. Um, if it's dollar for dollar, let's just say, for example, 3%, you put in three, they give you three. That's that's one hundred percent. Go for it, right? Like that. That's a no brainer. Um, and I would suggest doing that, even if you did have debt. Um, get the free match. That's the starting point. And then where I would say to consider is after that, maybe you should throw the extra money at debt first. But then, um, let's say you didn't have you know debt or it was manageable or whatever. Um, after I've, I've I've gotten the match from a business, my my employer, if that is an option, then I would absolutely look to to max out a a Roth IRA, um, especially for younger people. Uh, for those who don't know, this is after tax dollars that you put into uh, a, an investment. Uh, it can be any type of investment. Uh, it could be bonds, stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, any of those, um, and you put it in with after tax dollars. Um, it grows tax deferred. And then at retirement, um, as long as you're 59 and a half, you, you can pull it out tax free, which um, for younger people is just an awesome deal because who knows what taxes look like in the future. But you get this uh, this asset later that um, this these investments later that you don't have to pay tax on when you pull the money out. So, so it's, it's an incredible, incredible uh, vehicle. So I would say the match first, look to the Roth IRA second max that out if, if, if you're in, in a financial position to do that. And then the third thing I would say is go back to that, uh, that retirement plan and then try to try to max that out if you still had money left over. Uh, and DJ, uh, for most people, uh, you know, they, they've gotten the match from the 401k and, and they've maxed out the IRA. 
they're probably getting closer to that 10%. I mean, if they're doing really well, maybe they can go back to their 401k and kind of keep going. So, um, but I think that's an absolutely a great starting point. And then from a, an investment perspective, um, you know, one of the advantages of like a, an IRA over a 401k is investment options. Um, for example, in a 401k, uh, you're not going to have uh, typically uh, the ability to invest in stocks, individual stocks. Uh, whereas with an IRA, if you wanted to consider that, you have those options. Um, you've got a lot more options available to you outside of a 401k. They're kind of limited many times to what the offerings are. Um, and then as it pertains to, um, you know, stock mutual funds or bond mutual funds or ETFs, those types of things. Um, I mean, usually that's just going to come down to risk tolerance. What are you willing to lose in the short term to, to make up in the long term? Um, so for example, if we go back to uh, this year, you know, from uh, mid-February to uh, March, late March, uh, we saw in six weeks the market drop, uh, depending on what you look at, somewhere between 30 and 45%, uh, which is substantial and scares a lot of people. And, you know, if you're not prepared for that, you may say, you know, I want to get out of that, uh, get out of the market, go to cash. And, um, and, and that can be very, very detrimental long-term. So, um, and that's a conversation that, that, you know, one, if they're not working with an advisor themselves should have is, Hey, what am I actually comfortable risking and under what time frame? Um, and, and should I stick to the course or do I need it to change? Um, and, and that's just so difficult to kind of give a wide, uh, uh, you know, encompassing answer um, because everyone's different to that, to that, uh, how they feel about that. Yeah, I definitely think that's super important. And, you know, talking about the, you know, the psychology that goes into, you know, trading and, and investing and all that kind of stuff is something that we're going to touch on in a later episode. You know, I think it's super important because uh, I can tell, I can tell you just in the last two days, you know, with my little play account and, you know, doing some investing, I've gotten my butt absolutely handed to me by the market. And, uh, you know, it's really done a, done a number to my, uh, to my psyche. So, um, you know, I think it's important to, to understand, you know, why you're doing these things and, you know, I think that that definitely puts some perspective around it for sure. So, um, well, I think it's really a great time for a break. Uh, so I, I just want to take a second to, you know, lighten things up a little bit. And, um, Aaron, I, I want to know if you got any good dad jokes. I do actually. Um, so, um, can I tell a couple? If, if, is that is that oh, acceptable? Please do. The more, the better. This is a, <laughs> yeah, go this for is a it. bad podcast, man. I'll the more, steal the show. <laughs> All right. So, um, so I, I've got to start with my wife's favorite. Uh, I was I was actually looking for some dad jokes uh, um, in the last couple of days, and I came across her favorite one. So I feel like I have to 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 give this one. Uh, she loves this one. So. Um, so how many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? Uh, uh, eight. <laughs> Ten tickles. Ten, Ten tickles. Uh, oh. <laughs> that is so corny. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then we've got, uh, what do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. 
<laughs> oh man, these sound so much better coming out of your super sweet southern accent. <laughs> and then the last one, the last one that I just feel is perfect for your your podcast, which is uh, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes apparent. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this is perfect. You fit right in. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I don't know Aaron. if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> it is a compliment. I take Mike might not think so because you know Mike is like yeah, a loser. Not a dad. Not a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Mike looks so sad every time I say it. Mike, yeah. what's your what's your top priority in life right now? Finding a wife. Just joking. <laughs> that a boy. Finding a wife and getting a, getting a baby, baby mama, and becoming a dad so he can fit in with us better. Mike, don't rush yeah. it. Hey, hey, Mike, I'll, I'll give you the advice that one of my fraternity brothers got, uh, who's a, a, a waiter. Uh, he was at a, a okay. waiter. He was a waiter at a really nice restaurant, right? And uh, he, he walks over to give the bill. Um, his husband and wife together, and he goes to give the bill to to the husband. Uh, and he goes, no, no, she'll take it. And he laughed, and, and he start trying to give it to him again. He goes, no, 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 she'll take it. It's like, <laughs> listen. He goes, listen. You can marry more money in a minute than you make in a lifetime. It's like, she'll take the bill. <laughs> so just remember that, Mike. If you're going to marry, marry rich, man. And it just makes life easier. Uh, there's That's the reason <laughs> I'm still single, man. <laughs> I've been shooting too high. <laughs> uh, man, so that's good stuff. So um, a couple of quick additional questions on goal setting before we wrap it up. I just wanted to take a little bit of a breather, you know, cause this is heavy content and want to make sure that we're keeping our listeners engaged. Y'all are awake out there, right? Nobody's answering me because this is a podcast with just the three of us talking, but I'm just going to assume that they're all listening and answered me audibly in their car or wherever they're listening. Right. Mike? <laughs> that is the participation <laughs> we are expecting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a poll on stock dads and say, did you answer me? Uh, yes or no. <laughs> uh, no, but um, so the last questions that I want to ask just because of the nature of this podcast and us being dads and, you know, with you being a dad, Aaron, how do you recommend, you know, instilling goals or like the goal setting, I guess, mindset for our children? Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, this question of, of kind of how do you, how do you, how do you do this? And, and I don't know if I have any great answers, but I have a couple of these things I'm doing. We'll say, I don't know if they're that great, but like, um, so for my daughter, she's got two piggy banks um, and she, she does some chores and things. I like to call them. Um, I got this from Dave Ramsey, but uh, I think it's pretty good. He doesn't call them um, an allowance. He calls them commissions. So like there's act, action, right, to, to earn money. Um, and so she's got two piggy banks. One is uh, money set aside to, to help people, which is what we call it, or like charity or, or to the church, et cetera. Just, just something she's giving not her own. And then money that is hers, her her fun money, um, and so I, th I think for uh, for her it seems to work um, as kind of you know she's four, so like it, it at least sets that idea of putting money back. You know we're putting money back for long term, um, so that's kind of something we're doing right this moment. My hope is in the next you know five years, let's just say, start to introduce to her the idea of 
you know, w- what I do and in investing, you know, that uh, you can turn some money into more money um, through, through uh, you know, putting it back and making it work for you, that type of thing. Um, and then one of the ideas I've heard someone say that I really like and I'm going to do for my, my, both my children is what I'm calling the uh, my, uh, my match plan, if you will. Uh, so when they get the time uh, for a car or vehicle, um, they can get a match from daddy on what they've saved um, or, or invested it, I guess, at that point. So, you know, if they've put back 5000 then then daddy will match that dollar for dollar. Um, so again, just some fun ways to try to, um, and maybe instill in them the idea of, you know, first saving, of course, that's kind of the the first piece to investing. And then, you know, as age appropriate, I I really hope to teach, uh, both my children about investing and, and what that looks like. And, um, you know, moving forward, I, I would love for them to be in a position that they don't have student loans, that type of thing, debt-free as they start their journey um, and, and being able to, uh, you know, uh, put money back day one. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I would just like to call out that I am not a, not a dad, as you know, we've discussed, but that was actually my question. So um, screw you, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just liked it. So I decided I was going to take it for my own. Yeah, I'm not I mean, let it's you more fend for yourself to you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got the right dad mindset. So you you yeah. you got, came up with a great question. I just stole yeah, it. Yeah, I'm you. taking care of you, like you're my child. So <laughs> I, I'll call you daddy. I'll call you daddy anytime, buddy. <laughs> we need All a, right, let's keep this PG thirteen. Yeah, we need here. a stock daddy's <laughs> chat for uh, <laughs> for where this is heading. <laughs> Oh, this is going to get really wild really soon here. Oh, oh man. Uh, uh, no, Mike, you got any dad jokes for us? Do you hear any good ones? Um, No, I don't today, actually. Ever since quarantine started, they've all been inside jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be so mad at you because I literally yeah. was like... I was literally telling you earlier to come with a dad joke and, yeah. <laughs> and you were, you, you got me, you got me good. Yeah. On that I was wondering if you, I wondered if it'd go over your head or not. <laughs> oh man. That's Nothing good. goes over my That's head. Good. <laughs> what about you, DJ? Yeah. So, um, what did two L three and he saw six acting like an idiot? anything no so he said don't mind him he's just a product of our times (laughs) 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 Uh, math jokes are fun (laughs) i'm glad you guys like that i was nervous to add it because i thought you'd be divided (laughs) you should share that with your teacher wife aaron yeah, Aaron, you got to share that with your wife. Yeah, well, apparently I'm I'm a little uh, a little childish because you know I'll say the that's what she said stuff, and she's like, "Are you are you like my tenth graders? Like you're not, like you're like you're 16? <laughs> it's like I have to put up with these kids all day, and, and yeah. I can't even come home to an, an an adult. And I'm like, sorry. Yeah, maybe it's just our age group. I feel like they don't ever really get old. Maybe I'm just lame, but <laughs> <laughs> you are lame, Mike. But no, we don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, 
Well, Aaron, uh, I super appreciate having you on. We yeah. we really enjoyed this, and uh, I feel like we got a lot of value out of it. I hope our listeners did too. Um, for for those of you who are listening, uh, check Aaron out. You know, go go head over to his website. I'm gonna let Aaron do a little little self pitch here and uh, kind of tell you a little bit more about where you can contact him or find more information about him. So, um, you know, so that he can help you guys a little bit more if you need to go ahead Aaron yeah thanks uh so welcome to check my website out it's uh just a tn as in true north uh, investments with an s.com so tn investments.com that's where you can find our website learn a little bit more about what we do uh, you're welcome to follow uh follow me on facebook uh Aaron Maybon M-A-B-O-N uh true north investments um or you can connect with me on on LinkedIn um, if there's anything I can do, DJ and Mike, for your audience, I uh, would love to, uh, to help out. Uh, if it's just a quick conversation or an email, you're more than welcome to reach, reach me there. Uh, my email is my first name, Aaron, uh, A-A-R-O-N at T-N investments.com. Um, or, uh, as some call me A-A-Ron. Um, so, uh, A-Ron. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, Hey, I, I really appreciate the opportunity guys. It's been a, it's been a great conversation and, uh, uh, much success to y'all, uh, moving forward. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and you mentioned Facebook, uh, you know, all of our listeners out there, if you aren't already, uh, part of our stock dads community on Facebook, you should definitely check it out. It's, uh, just stock dads is the name of the page. We've got a, an awesome group of, of, you know, dads that are just kind of like-minded, that are there to learn together, grow together, um, and just build a community of people who want to just build generational wealth for one another. And, um, you know, we have a lot of fun and it's not one of those stock picker sites or, uh, you know, anything like that, like I mentioned in the first episode, but it's a, a place where you can come and find great resources and um, have a lot of great interactions with people who have, you know, super good uh, experiences to share and all that kind of fun stuff too. So make sure you come join us and, um, follow along there as well. So, um, with that said, I mean, anything, anybody else have any closing thoughts, any, any last words? I, I had one just real quick thought, um, as it pertains just generally to investing, um, that I thought I would throw out. Um, to me, this comes down to three quick things. Um, one is time. Um, it's going to take time to grow wealth, right? It doesn't happen overnight. Two is patience. Um, you know, don't try to jump in and out, uh, or time the market, just, just be patient. And then the third is just consistency. Um, just putting money back monthly, you know, uh, weekly, every paycheck, whatever. Um, and, and, and that's all it is. And, and of course, you know, uh, being intentional about where, where you're putting money and, and keep an eye on it, but, uh, it's just time, patience and consistency and uh, you'll be successful. Awesome. So uh, we talked about goal setting today. Uh, our hopes for the next episode is to kind of break down a little bit more about what stocks are. Uh, you know, we talked about stocks and bonds and ETFs and mutual funds and all these, you know, fun, fancy terms. And uh, we realized that some of our listeners, uh, Mike and myself included, are still beginners at this. So uh, we're going to kind of break those down a little bit on a deeper level to try and understand them. So make sure you tune in for that episode as well. But 
Um, with that said, I guess Mike, what are you what are you gonna do the rest of the night? Um, I'm probably gonna go to bed pretty soon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> man, what a life! Yeah. What a life! Uh, I'm a single dude, man, but I I go to bed pretty early. You gotta go hit the town. You gotta go find that wife so you can you know become a dad. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'll I'll maybe I'll consider it. Maybe I'll go take some shots or something. Some <laughs> <There you go. laughs> uh, 180 on uh, my plans. <laughs> well, I'm going to go watch probably an episode of something on Netflix with my wife and, you know, maybe chill. Probably not though. Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> you never get the chill part of that Netflix and chill when you're married. Mike, just, <laughs> just stay single. You're, yeah, you're not marriage for me <laughs> jenna i'm kidding i love you don't you know don't divorce me uh no but thanks guys it's been real fun um we will uh, talk to you guys next time have a good one yeah thanks guys thank you for listening to stocks and sandals a podcast by stock dads for stock dads make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our stock dads community on facebook and instagram but most importantly don't touch the thermostat